0: Thank you, choir, for a marvelous job this morning. Was it that great, congregation? Absolutely. Thank you. Advent is a season of preparation. We go through this time, we're preparing for the celebration of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we prepare ourselves by mentioning several aspects of the news of Him coming, that He came to bring peace, uh, that He came because He loves us. He came to bring joy to us. And so we walk through this time, and of course, the theme of today's uh, service is joy. We think about that. On this third Sunday of Advent, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy is the fuel that brightens our journey. If there was no joy, can you imagine what this journey called life would be like? Can you imagine having to endure a lifetime without any joy? But it regularly shows up in situations where it is least expected, speaking of which, Have you ever noticed that when the angel would show up and several times God spoke to folks through an angel in an audible voice, the first words out of the angel's mouth is, don't be afraid, fear not. The phrase is so common in the Bible, you might think that it's the heavenly language for hello, because that's how they greeted nearly every time an angel brought a message to a human. The Christmas story, Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds all heard that greeting, fear not. Those shepherds give us a particularly good understanding and picture of their experience. They were a rugged crew, living outside all of the time, sleeping outside, watching their sheep, taking care of them, leading them to green pastures so that they could have nourishment and by the waters so that they could have water to drink. And those shepherds, a rugged crew that they were, accustomed to living outdoors, Accustomed to facing dangers, they fought off predators to protect their sheep and would have been prepared to fight off anyone who would come as a bandit to steal their sheep or their possessions. And in this biblical account that we look at today, as we look at it, they had strength in numbers that night. I remind you because there were many of them that were watching over their sheep on a dark hillside. But when the angel appeared before them, they were terrified. They were afraid. Here's how Luke describes that scene in the second chapter of Luke, beginning with verse 9. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. The angel had good news, news that would cause great joy to them, a birth announcement. But first, he had to help the shepherds get over their fear on that hillside as he appeared before them. And then, after he told them the good news, suddenly the whole sky was filled with the heavenly host and began to praise God. And they said, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. I want us to walk through two aspects of joy that we need to understand. In our lives, not only at this time of the year, but all through our lives, joy, where pain coexists. And secondly, that joy always should lead us to worship. Joy and pain coexist in the world in which we live. Now, I'm, I'm going to draw a picture for you of that that is a little uncomfortable for me, but it will be very comfortable for some of you. If anybody was in Jordan Hare Stadium a couple of weeks ago, you will realize in that same stadium that for 95% of a football game that most of the stadium was filled with joy. But there was a group over in the corner of the stadium that didn't have much joy at all because their number one team was not playing up to expectation nor up to their capability. And they were losing the game. And the underdogs were just overwhelmed with joy, with screaming and carrying on so bad that I could hardly preach the next day. And then, if you will pardon the pun, the tide changed. It did. No, no. You don't want to hurt my joy this morning. (laughs) Everything changed. And suddenly, in that same stadium, with the same thousands of people gathered, most of the stadium sat there in shock and disbelief and fear that what they were seeing develop right before their eyes was going to culminate in a loss rather than a victory. And that little corner of the stadium that had been quiet and suppressed and maybe even a little depressed all of a sudden came to life And the band played louder than they'd played all game. And the people were shouting louder than they had shouted all game. Matter of fact, you couldn't even hear them the rest of the game because the other folks were so jubilant. But now, all of the celebration was in the corner. Sorrow and pain living in the very same stadium with rejoicing. That is no different than your life. It's no different than a crowd of people gathered together, such as in this room today. Some walking in pain, difficulties of life, the loss of a loved one, and others walking in such joy because maybe a a new grandchild is about to be born in the family or a child is about to come into your family and and you're walking in joy and expectation. And others, because of, of the wonderful time of the year, they're rejoicing and looking forward to Christmas getting here. And then still others in the same room, though they rejoice in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and they know what Christmas is all about, they dread Christmas Day because the love of their life doesn't live here anymore, he or she lives with Jesus in heaven. In the same room, joy and pain. What circumstances in your life are causing you pain or fear? What do you feel afraid of? Where is the pain of life seeming to overshadow the presence of joy in your life today. That is exactly where the words of the angels can penetrate your heart most deeply this morning and powerfully. The message is for you. Do not be afraid. Do not walk in your sorrow and your pain Without any hope, you don't have to fear. There is good news of great joy, and it's meant for you. Isn't that good news? It's meant for you. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you're going through in your life. I do care, but it doesn't matter, I should say, what you're going through in your life. It doesn't matter the circumstances of others in your life. It doesn't matter whatever's going on with you you can know that joy can be yours in Christ Jesus and it is offered by him right in the same life that you're living in pain and sorrow, offered in the same moment where you're overwhelmed with the fear of life and his peace and his joy will invade your heart and your life and change everything. In the book of James, James brings this concept and takes it even a step further. When he said, we are to consider the trials that we face, the sorrow that we face, the pain that we face, we're to consider them as pure joy. Listen to what he says. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Really? Facing trials is pure joy? That sounds a little difficult to swallow, doesn't it? Matter of fact, to the human ear, it sounds a little absurd that they can be the same in your life or going on at the same time. But it is a suggestion. It is not a suggestion that you fake it and slap a smile on that deep pain of life. Rather, it's an encouragement that even in the midst of hardship, even in the midst of sorrow and pain, that you rejoice in the Lord and count it as a privilege to be able to bear that for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. As we learn to trust Him, we can grow in our joy that we belong to Him and He is able to meet our needs. We belong to Him and He belongs to us. When David wrote that 23rd Psalm, he did not begin it with the Lord is a shepherd. He began it with the Lord is my shepherd. It's a personal relationship. It's a personal joy. Even in the midst of the problems of this life, we can know and experience joy in the midst of our suffering, by simple trust in him to meet us right where we are. I believe that. I've experienced that. I know what James says is reality. The good news of great joy is for everyone, even though many never find it. Everyone has the opportunity to know joy. Everyone has the opportunity to live in the joy of the Lord because Jesus came and died on the cross for the sins of the whole world. And everyone's given that opportunity. The psalmist conveyed such resonating joy in Psalm 96. Let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes. Whatever you need, he has the ability to come into your life and to meet that need and change your heart your mind, and turn your sorrow into joy. The psalmist says, joy comes in the morning, weeping only lasts for the night. So joy and pain, joy and sorrow, joy and difficulties coexist in our world and in our life all at, all at the same time. And joy is God's answer for your sorrow. Joy is God's gift in your need. Joy is God's answer for you in your suffering and pain. The second thing, joy accompanies Genuine worship. Joy accompanies genuine worship. So what is our response to joy? What do we do with joy? Interrupts our everyday lives along with the terrible pain and the mundane experiences of life. The Bible shows us that the appropriate response to joy is always worship. The Christmas story, for instance. The angel announced the good news of great joy that was shown toward all people. And suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. At the birth of baby Jesus, the message was one of joy. Matthew tells us, that when they saw the star, these this magi, these wise men, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. The response of their joy was worship. The response of the shepherd's joy on the hillside was, was to go to the place where Jesus was and there they saw him and worshipped him and they left that place according to the word and they went out and told everyone they saw what they'd experienced, what they had heard and what they had seen in that stable of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine what it might have looked like shepherds breaking into worship out on a hillside in the middle of the night where they've been standing guard, maybe one eye shut and one eye open, one ear asleep and the other one awake, but guarding their flock. And then their presence is invaded by a heavenly being. An angel. And they're terrified. And in their shock and not knowing how to respond to this angel before them, they're afraid. And the angel says, Oh, you don't have to be afraid. I, I've come to bring you good tidings of great joy. Let me tell you, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. He's Christ, the Lord. He is the anointed one. He he is the Son of God, then born unto you. And then for the shepherds sitting there with their mouths wide open and gawking and, and not knowing how to receive this message, can you imagine just all of a sudden there is a multitude, legions of angels joining this one, and they're all praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The shepherds were so overcome by the joy that was brought to them, by the invasion of their life with the message of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. What did that joy wind up turning into? Worship. And they went and found the babe just as they were told, and they worshiped. And their joy continued as they told others about Jesus. You see, we can experience the same joy as we remember the birth of Christ and live in the truth that the good news of his arrival is the salvation that he brings in that arrival. Peter told us the to walk of faith in Jesus brings us a sense of joy. Listen to what he says. Whom, having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Perhaps you're sitting here today thinking, That's all great. But I'm not experiencing any joy in my life. I get it. There is brokenness in this fallen world. There is pain. The world stands at odds with a Christ of joy. So what can you do? When you find yourself caught in the middle. When you know there ought to be joy in your life. When you ought to know there ought to be a celebratory spirit with you as you walk. And and there ought to be wonderful words of praise and worship in your life. What in the world do you do when you're caught in the midst of what we live in? You see, gratitude has a wonderful way of reminding us of joy and the reasons that we have to rejoice even in the midst of what some of us live in and what we all live in. Gratitude has a way of reminding us of that The brokenness of our fallen world stands at odds with that, as I said. So the first thing you do is make the choice to purposefully thank him. Lord, I don't understand it all. Lord, I can't take care of it all. Lord, I can't change it all. Lord, I can't do anything about most of it. But I make a choice. I will worship you. I will praise you. I will walk with you. I will trust you. Rejoice is not a state of being. It is a verb. Can I remind you of that? You're not in the state of being of rejoice. Now you can be in the state of being of being rejoiceful. But it's a verb. It's an action. It's something that you have to do. It is something that you have to muster up the strength. It's something that you have to give over to. That you must turn your back. Just like when you were saved, you had to turn your back on the life of the world and the life you had lived and to turn your face to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him as Lord and Savior. And what happened at the day of salvation is the choice that we need to make every day in our lives. I turn my back on the worries of this world. I turn my back on the hurt and the sorrow and the pain and the sin that is all around me. And I turn my face toward the Lord Jesus Christ and I give him praise and glory no matter what state I find myself in. That doesn't happen by circumstance. It happens by choice. It happens by a deliberate decision that I will rejoice in the Lord. Think about it. When when is God done something for you. Do you have to go all the way back to the day of salvation? I trust not. God has done something for you in your life, and you know he has. Think about it. Then prayer with expressions of gratitude should come. Don't be surprised for the growing sense of joy that will fill your heart. Finally, worship God for who He is. You see, the circumstances of life can steal our joy, as we've said. But we can worship God not for what He does, but for who He is. His love, His faithfulness, His forgiveness. They never change. Despite an ever-changing world and the events of our life, his goodness and mercy never change. David said it, for goodness and mercy shall follow me some of the days of my life. Is that what he said? He said it, goodness and mercy will follow me what? All the days of my life. All of the days of my life. So you can know when all you're looking at is pain and all you can, you're looking at is the sorrow and difficulties and, and the problems in your life, that right behind you, following you all the time, is his goodness and mercy. He shall follow me all the days of my life. What he's saying, you've got to turn around to meet that joy, and that mercy, and that love. Turn from this world and its misery, and turn to him. Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord. Ooh, let's say it again. Rejoice in the Lord. And again I say, rejoice. The joy of the Lord in your life is dependent upon your worship upon your worship you're turning to him trusting him you know i i'm not going to get on my soapbox but uh I don't really understand how anybody that's genuinely saved can come to the house of worship and be reminded of why you're here and why you're given the privilege to be here and what has been given to you through Christ Jesus and the life that we have, the hope that we have, the peace that we have, the understanding we have of heaven that awaits for us The promises of God's word that he never leaves us, that he'll always be there, he'll never forsake us, that he will meet our every needs, the promise that if he's gone away, he will come again to receive us unto himself. All of those promises. How in the world can we live in the gloom and the doom of the things of this world and not come into the joy of the Lord? When we come into this place, this ought to be a place of great rejoicing of great rejoicing through lifting our voices in worship and praise. And as we enter into this Christmas season, as we're in our third Sunday, as I said earlier, of Advent, and we look at the the word of joy, what does it mean in your life? Is it just a word that the scriptures talk about? Is it just a word that, that is in some songs like Joy to the World? By the way, that's not about Christmas anyway. It's about his second coming when he reigns. Is it just something that a word is in the music? Or do you know the joy of the Lord? The little chorus says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. 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 You know that? Sing it with me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. What? The joy of the Lord my strength Lord Jesus thank you for that truth thank you for loving us and coming and as we celebrate your birth gratefully being reminded that you came for us that in the midst of all of the sin and sorrow of this world you came to bring joy to all who would turn to you and believe Lord restore the joy of our salvation. Restore within us the joy of knowing you. Lord, restore within us the joy of living a life knowing that you are always with us, that we're never alone, and there is not a need that you cannot meet. You are able. May your joy be our strength. In Jesus' name, amen.